Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. And we're back with a very special guest who I get to have on for a second time. Jada, how's it going? Good, good. How are you? I'm great. Everything's just smooth sailing, you know, nothing, nothing much has been going on. Yeah, listeners, we've been like, we have just been on the struggle bus for the last hour and, and yet we're here and that's what girl bossing is all about. Girl boss, our life motto. Seriously, have to start by saying like, I'm so glad that you wanted to record this episode because it's not my usual thing. Usually I'm covering trashy shows or like documentaries and whatnot, but this is something I've I've been wanting to do for so long and I want to get into just true crime and my many thoughts on it. You both wanted, we're up for recording and you have the type of true crime podcast that is on the right side of history that I want to see more of that is the antithesis of a lot of what we're going to be talking about today so yeah could you tell us more about your content yeah for sure um thank you for your kind words I appreciate it I was an avid I still am a true crime listener I'm not gonna lie and be like I don't listen to it at all I listen to things aside from what I create but the biggest problem I've recognized is People are kind of delusional in the space. Uh, they talk about it as if they're not talking about real people, like they're not talking about people who are still like either alive or their relatives are alive and affected by what they hear. Uh, they often make no attempt to reach out to the families or get the family stories directly. They rely very heavily on a pro-police perspective when oftentimes a lot of what happened to these victims is because the police absolutely suck. So I don't understand how you're always praising them, being like, oh my God, they did the best they could when they literally did nothing. And even when... after the person was found, they still did nothing. <laughs> when did the police ever do the best that they could? I'm sure it's happened at a certain point in time, but it's it's the exception, I not the rule. I think it's like <laughs> when they first came to be and their original roles in America and parts of Canada were to catch uh, escaped slaves. I think they did a really good job then and then only. And then after that, when they had to serve everybody else, they're like, actually, we don't really want to do this anymore. We're good on that. Their job description was in line with their values and actions. Like it was all in alignment. Yeah, I get <laughs> Yeah, and then they're like, no, we're, we're good on that. I'm so done. So <laughs> I focus on things in my, in every podcast I'll start off, it's from a critical decolonial perspective. But above all else, without all the unnecessary propaganda that others love to include, but we hate to listen to, I feel like it ruins the experience and it puts kind of a rose-colored a rose lens on things that don't need to have that lens on them at all. 
So I alternate between Black history and true crime. And the true crime, it's always focused on cases, for the most part, that people don't really hear about. I'll try and reach out to the families and include as much of their opinions and their perspectives as I can. And I do my best to not include my opinions throughout. I'll save it to the end. So you're just kind of getting the facts of everything, um, obviously through my lens. So it's still a little bit filtered, but it's not fluttered with my opinions or uh, super untimely jokes and a lot of laughter like some of the podcasts that are out there yeah it's very interesting to be covering this as someone who I myself will often cover very heavy topics on this podcast mixed with a lot of levity and laughter maybe there could be some listeners who will feel otherwise but I I feel like I know when to rein it in and when to be serious and when to be laughing and honestly most of the time I'm laughing at myself um, but yeah, that's exactly it. Like, okay. So people have been listening to me for a while, have heard me say many times, like, I don't fuck with true crime. And I think that's a really simplified, inaccurate view of it. It's that I don't like the most popular true crime that I see out there. The most kind of like common mainstream stuff I've come across. There is still like, I love like, I love scams. Like even before this whole wave of documentaries, like I love like scam goddess. Um, I love like your your podcast and um certain people like other creators like the zen blonde who basically use it to highlight cases that need more attention from marginalized people and i stay away from the vast majority of it because i've always i've always been uncomfortable like the the lack of perspective on anything and so the reason why we decided to sit down today is because currently my favorite murder if arguably the most popular of the bunch is getting canceled on tiktok no one ever really gets canceled but they're being held under scrutiny at the moment just like yeah i feel like when you're a millionaire no one could really do anything to you like you're okay you're up there in your bubble and i feel like a lot of the problems with true crime podcasts is uh they're sensationalized it's uh it's disconnected like there's no emotion behind it um and i feel like that's the big issue with my favorite murder like even just the name why did no one tell them hey maybe you should rethink this maybe that's not a good idea what do you mean your favorite murder like that's not okay to have a favorite murder I feel like that's along the same lines of the people who were making Dahmer like jewelry and earrings and posters and being like he's so hot I love him so much like that's not okay yeah and like I make a lot of jokes about death on this podcast because I've dealt with so much personally and that's very healing for me and I'm like maybe if this was their podcast and they both had someone in their lives that were murdered and this is their way of like processing their trauma okay sure I can like give them a pass but for me being so adjacent to death like not murder but just just like loss you know and in a general sense it it always makes me think of the family members because if it's already difficult enough to deal with loss and then to deal with it in horrific ways such as murder is the worst thing to deal with then to have two millionaire white ladies laughing away at it would be I would go feral like I feel like I would be one of those crazy people who would like show up on their lot like you know I just Yeah. yeah it's unimaginable I would lose my shit I specifically because I feel like a lot of the the things they're not they're not talked about with any sort of tact like and very just like laughy, laughy, hee hee, ha ha, um, and not being taken seriously at all. And grief is definitely a difficult thing. And people, you know, they deal with it in all types of ways. I feel like a lot of my family members also deal with it with humor, but it's humor at our own expense, not at the expense of other people, which is, I think, where the problem lies with this podcast, like you said. Yeah. And if anyone's listening and you're they're a fan of true crime or a fan of my favorite murder, you're allowed to consume the media you want also there's many times where I haven't reflected on certain media that I'm consuming until I see some niche content criticizing it like we're we're just we're here to look at all of it and actually when I was doing my research I'm like I don't want to come at this so one-sided because I I was never a, a listener like a fan of my favorite murder I listened for this podcast but I asked a friend who years ago was a big fan and had bought the book and she gave an interesting perspective because I want to be like why are they so popular but first of all I'll give just some quick facts so my favorite murder it's a comedy a true crime comedy podcast hosted by 
Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardsack. It first came out in 2016. The whole humor of it really could have still existed in 2016. It's sort of like the remnants of 2000s kind of edgy, edgy humor. It gives to me the same energy as Colleen Ballinger's ukulele. Yes. It exists in that same space. So everyone was like, it's okay. It's fine. We love this. This is, yeah, they were like, this is peak humor. It's not going to get any better than this. I've been thinking so much about this relation to Colleen Ballinger because I just did a deep dive on her. But we're kind of like cleaning up the remnants that are still left over from that time in a lot of ways. So they gained a huge fan following. They had a Facebook group with over 200,000 members as of 2018 and then a separate fan page on Facebook with over 171,000 followers. They put out a book, Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered, which is also the tagline of their podcast. As of 2020, their podcast gets th- was getting 35 million downloads per month. In 2019, they were making $15 million a year just from the podcast, not from the book, not from the anything else, just that. And then pay- did an exclusive deal with Amazon for $100 million for exclusive distribution and advertising rights in 2022. So this is after already being multimillionaires for many years off of this. The dominant audience are women, as it is for most of true crime. And this was from an article about this, uh, about, about the pod. More often, they share the kinds of stories you see on late night news in which the victim is usually white, female, and as they describe her, uh, quote badass and the perpetrator is quote a fucking monster that's the elevator pitch for my favorite murder i feel like the tagline is almost as bad as the name it's yeah it really stay I know. sexy and don't get murdered are you being fucking for real right now can i swear on here uh you sure can we okay. we do swears on this podcast <laughs> yeah um, I, but also like what do you expect when one of the ladies is literally named karen <laughs> it's it is very perfect kind of alignment with with the outcry and the fact that it's Karen and as we'll talk about in their controversies a lot of people getting mad at them it has been responded to with them just being like deal with it actually you know what this would be the perf- this is the perfect time to play so in my listening to the podcast I came across this little bit for one of their live shows and i'll just play this this clip for you guys so anyway it's a true crime comedy podcast and for people who don't listen to the podcast and don't know us or or know our personalities some people get very offended by that concept because murder that there's one of them uh, (laughs) murder is the worst thing that can happen to a human being or human being's family and comedy doesn't seem to have any place in that but if you listen to the podcast you know that those things actually run parallel to each other because uh, that's the way George and I interact with each other. But we also love to talk about this horror show of our world um, in the in the area of true crime. So essentially all I'm trying to say is if you find that concept offensive, you can get the fuck out right now. That was interesting. And you know what? I actually, in research for this, I listened to a few of their live shows and they do that disclaimer. They did it on three that I heard. <laughs> you get the fuck it's out. It's very much like, you're a snowflake you're too sensitive I hate it I yeah yeah I do too and like I I mean also of the people that I respect and also people that have suffered like I live in fear of like offending people that I don't even realize I am like that is something where I am here for dms or whatever it's an open line of communication because if I'm always putting out content I'm gonna miss something at some point I want attention to be called to it but to be in their place and to kind of just like dig their heels in, I guess it is what it is. But it's funny to have this perspective like we're not making light of humor. We're just funny people who then also are talking about humor. It's like, but I also can't help it. So, I feel like I've listened, I listened to a bunch of episodes because of like the one that you sent about the live show, but then also because of all the things I've been seeing on TikTok and I was like I want to see what the appeal even was at the time and I'm I'm being so real I do not think that they're funny 
I don't think that they're funny at all. I don't think that there's any moments where they make good jokes, at least that I've heard. I don't, I don't find anything humorous about it. It just seems like, in my mind, two older ladies who've like had a little bit of wine and their kids are in bed and they're talking and they hit record on one of their phones. That's the energy that it gives. So I think maybe it's just a very niche sense of humor that I don't get because I'm not the target audience. But I also think the fact that they have that disclaimer, if you're offended, get out. It shows that there was that awareness that they know that they're doing something wrong, that people have told them they're doing something wrong. And they're like, actually, you're the problem. It's not me. Yeah. In this world, it's like, just because you're offending someone, not in every circumstance is it bad. Like if you're doing drag story hour and you're offending, you know, the Republican, like that's okay. It's, it's fine. But that's why it's like, I don't know, humor specific, beliefs are specific. This is just a general human decency thing. I don't think it's like a left versus right political issue in this case. And I, I was, I'm kind of with you, you know, but I was going into it listening, like I was already pissed off at them. So I'm like, I'm not really I didn't think I would really get into their humor. I was trying to be open-minded, but uh, I was like, all right, I get that they have good chemistry. They're they're good friends. Um, so people like that conversational aspect. It was always meant to be a very casual listen. But that's so that's when I texted a friend. I was like, what is what did you like about them? What can you explain? Like, what am I missing here? Because a hundred million dollar Amazon deal is like not, they're not just giving those out. She basically just said, like, they're two ladies in their 40s, maybe late 40s, who they're writers and comedians. And a lot of it came from their own anxiety. So it was a way of kind of like controlling their own anxiety. So she said, like, anxious people talking about something that actually scares them in a controlled way. It's almost like a way of kind of like addressing your fears and comforting that and the comedy aspect came from the fact that they have a dark sense of humor so there's that but we're two Scorpios like we wrote the book on dark humor <laughs> it's right not... and and I love it like I can't help that I'm funny like look when, when it comes to humor that's when my god complex like truly kicks in I think I'm hilarious <laughs> um but I you are and you are oh my god thank you um but I still like really though there's a there's a way to address topics so just the whole premise of it is flawed from the start in my view but the problem is that a lot of people that were fans in the beginning really felt like they started to fall off the more wealthier they became because like not many podcasters become millionaires and so this friend said, like, they're older white ladies in L.A. It was interesting and embarrassing listening to them trying to navigate politics and stay current as they got famous and the fame kind of ruined them, TBH. Um, apparently, also, at one point, they had to go to basically, like, couples therapy just to be able to podcast together. So they kind of had a breakdown in their relationship. Um, what? I know. It's tough. It's tough being a multi-millionaire podcaster <laughs> right and I also think about like you your friend mentioned that it's them being able to discuss their anxieties in like a controlled way I'm assuming that has to do with like all the horrible things that women have to deal with or like there's the real fear of right like murders and kidnappings and things like that but I feel like as the true crime content has increased it seems like a lot of white women will like fantasize about it a little bit yes. like they they play into it like well this could happen to me and it's going to happen to me and that's why I have to be prepared and it's like are you is that realistic because obviously yes it does but if we're looking at statistics white women going missing and being murdered and you know abducted they're not really at the top of the list no they're not and in general we kind of have this world where you can bring fear upon yourself by listening to true crime podcasts or like doing extreme sports and it generally is white people doing those things almost like microdosing fear in this like controlled way and like seeking it out but when you're not in that group and you're already having to deal with this on a day-to-day -day, like very much more real way yeah you can see why that's not going to be the audience yeah it doesn't appeal to all demographics across the board because that's my everyday life like I I don't that's why I saw this thing and it's like yeah white people y'all love to do crazy things like and this is not to say all white people are only white people but like jumping out of planes and well, I said it I said it first <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> you know so it's like um 
<laughs> like life is scary enough, you know, like just walking down the street is a terrifying experience sometimes. It's like, I don't need to get that extra rush. I don't need to fantasize about one day maybe being kidnapped or like leaving my hair under the seat so people can find me. Like that's kind of psychotic behavior a little bit. Yeah, the fantasizing is definitely a big thing that we've seen. And I wonder if we've seen a, a big surge in kind of scam content and I wonder if it's still getting a bit disenchanted with true crime content it's still very popular but I kind of feel like it's reached its peak maybe I want to say like 2019 or so then the pandemic kind of leveled a lot of people out a lot of people have never experienced trauma were like oh my god it's so crazy to feel really stressed um and scared all the time but I don't think northern Canada is like the target audience for this type of stuff you know where you want to be like fantasizing about kidnappings and this is this is something actually that brings me to one of their first controversies which is that in 2017 so like I said their their big tagline is stay sexy don't get murdered and they put that out on a t-shirt with a picture of a teepee in the most lacking of like read the room (laughs) that could i'm i'm like speechless like okay you and i are engaged with canadian content but i need i want to hear from american listeners i don't know if if it's mainstream to hear about the missing and murdered indigenous women i know it's not just canadians who know about this but at the same time like what the what the i Again, I think it's one of those things that happens when you are starting to get a little bit more successful and you don't listen to criticism and you're kind of in this echo chamber to where everyone's just telling you everything is a good idea all the time. And it's like, yeah, that design is so beautiful. Even taking away the the horrible context, I still think the design is ugly and it's a bad idea, right? But then you add all of it together and you're like, stay sexy, don't get murdered. It's very insensitive when in both Canada and America, like murdered and missing Indigenous women, two-spirit and girls, it's one of the highest rates of abduction and murder of any group, especially considering the small population size. So it's just not a good look. And I hated uh, seeing, like, I don't know if you saw some of the screenshots that were coming from the Facebook groups where people were calling it out. And their things were either being deleted or they were like being pounced on by about 10 or 15 people telling them to like get out, like basically copying what Karen said, like go away. Yeah. Yeah. And actually there's um, a comment that she alleged, there's a screenshot of her liking a comment, the comment that it was like by uh, Georgia. So it was look you uncultured dummies if you think the tent image belongs solely to native americans as a teepee then you can just be pissed at yourself for being so ignorant (sighs) and then they remind me of like when white people are like everybody had dreadlocks it gives that same energy it's like just because you want to have access to something doesn't mean you could blatantly lie like you can't say everybody has teepees that's not that's not true that's not accurate especially the context they're in america so in America, a teepee is a symbol, belonging, right? It's an act, right? Like setting up teepees and moving along. It's it's a, a Native American thing or like an indigenous thing. You can't make up lies and be like, well, in Europe, we did it too. Y'all did other things in Europe, you know what I mean? Drinking your own shit water, giving yourself the black flag, but teepees you cannot claim. <laughs> it's like when I've heard people say like, oh, like um, Vikings had dreads. And it's like, even that's been like, just it's just like tangly like lock hair it's like not even dreads but they look like they're just like grasping at straws and being like no it's it's actually for everyone like it's lots of histories have teepees like no they don't and also like yeah to add to your statistic um in 2017 the third the third cause of death for indigenous women in north america was homicide so it's like to make this podcast to deal with your own anxiety and then great it's made you a multi-millionaire so if you want you could go to therapy every day for your anxiety (laughs) but to do it at the expense of these people like who are at at their worst with no resources and they're the butt of the joke and to then double dig your heels in is 
embarrassing. It's actually just, it. I don't even know how people can be so disconnected um, from humanity, you know? Like the awareness was not there. And I hated how after they finally were like, you know what, we actually, it was actually after she liked that comment. <clears throat> and then to try and prove that she didn't like the comment, I think they went and donated like $10 million or like a couple million dollars. 10,000 um, actually, just 10,000. Oh, my bad. Here <laughs> I am making them look so much better. I thought they actually did something. $10,000 to a millionaire is like $5 to me. That's exactly. Nothing. I didn't want to cut you off, but I just, I didn't want to give them any credit for, if they donated $10 million, that would be lovely, but no. I see here I am being like, you know what? They tried to make up for it. They didn't even try. They were just like, shut up. Well, don't talk about it in their facebook group along with the announcement of their donation they said when we originally approved the tp design it somehow didn't cross our minds that, that is cultural appropriation <sighs> yeah so they donated that to the first nations development institute all right yeah they threw they threw some pennies at the problem what you said about being disconnected from humanity if you are wealthy and to that level of of wealth okay, you can't be expected to be intimately in touch with problems related to day-to-day poverty, okay. But disconnected from humanity, like any anyone who is wealthy can still get murdered. And I'm guessing if one of their, God forbid, like someone close in their life got murdered, like this podcast would probably get shut down or change completely. But that's like what people are trying to make them see. And like we're just not we're just not in on the joke I guess at this point we are the joke so there's never getting in on it right as long as people continue to support or people continue to submit their small town stories or people continue to get murdered they have something to talk about I just for me like I'm a Scorpio so I'm secretly emotional so I know like when I'm doing research or sometimes when I'm recording podcasts, like I will turn the camera off or turn whatever off and I will go and cry and then come back. So I don't understand not not only not having that connection to people in general, but then also not being able to fully own up to when you do something wrong instead of being like, oh, well, we didn't even think about it. The fact that you didn't even think about it is a part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm while I'm a Scorpio, I'm a Pisces rising, unfortunately. So I'm openly emotional and weeping. <laughs> like this podcast is to is my um little like soothing little remedy to when I'm done crying about the news and I just need to like t- turn things around and get through the day. Um so try to create a little cozy place for myself. But yeah, they I don't know. I'm like, I want to, I'm like wondering what their astrology is. Doesn't matter. I'm not even giving them. I mean, the... it, it kind of does matter. I want to know too, but should we, yeah. should we, should we look it up? I think we should see. For now, we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode of It's Become a Whole Thing podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. So you guys hear me talk about my mental health on here, mm, I don't know, weekly. Uh, it's a huge part of my platform because it's a huge part of my life. It's something that I struggle with. I work really hard to manage. Um, it's something that at my core is something that is both an ongoing challenge and it's something that is very important for me to work on continually talk about and I know from hearing from a lot of you guys that many of you feel the same way and go through a lot of the same things but whether mental health is an ongoing struggle or you're just going through something right now to me all roads lead back to therapy so therapy it's been intrinsic to getting me to where I am today it's something that I think everyone should try at least once um, I think everyone should have access to getting started is usually the hardest part I know for me it was something that I really dragged my feet on for many years and then when I finally started it was just a big weight off my shoulders there were many times in my life where it really just helped me put one foot in front of the other it's helped me with coping skills and perspective and just at, at many times in my life, just getting through the day. But again, it doesn't have to be just for major trauma. Therapy can be good for life decisions, any time of like big transition, getting to know yourself better, um, relationship things. I know people who've used BetterHelp for both therapy and couples counseling and found success with it. So 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and fitting to your schedule. So all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get masked with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So it's okay to apply whatever criteria you need to finding the right therapist. I feel like finding the right therapist is kind of like dating. Like you can just kind of go on, um, you know, little, little dates, so to speak, to get to know the, the therapist and see if they're the right fit for you. And when it feels right, you, you know it, you can feel it and then you can open up from there. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash become today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash become. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. She's a Gemini. Okay. Oh, okay. That checks out. Yeah, well, I'm. this is like a very pro-Gemini podcast, Sammy, who is a gemini stellium if you're listening don't kill me you got you know how much i hype up gemini's okay but some of them the worst ones can be really the worst what's the other one karen let's see what karen that's georgia let's see what karen is i just feel like anyone who looks at their baby and is like your name is karen did you really love that child ever apparently like i think it was after like 2020 or 2021 there were like zero karens born like no they're like comparing it to like naming your kid like hitler or something <laughs> as it should be yeah um she's a taurus okay so interesting karen's a taurus all right well again taurus people listening you guys know i have good things to say about you but taurus love to dig their heels in when they're wrong so i just think it's interesting that it's like a an earth and you know air sign duo um, being so disconnected, actually disconnected from reality is not shocking for the air sign part of it, right? The Gemini, but it is a little bit shocking for the Taurus. Um, and usually the combination of the two, you'd think one would bring each other down in balanced moments, but they both just seem to be out there. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Taurus is like, they'll be stubborn about whatever they want. So if that's like working hard on a project, they'll stick to that. Or if it's like, this is my opinion and this is what's made me super rich and (laughs) well off like I could see them doubling down on that because at the end of the day like they could never work a day in their lives again and be fine but people seem to get to that level of wealth like they never stop there you know they tend to just it's like insatiable I want to talk about one of their next 
controversial moments um other than just like the overall vibe of their podcast so this was this was a few years back at a meet and greet someone gave them a a doll that is um oh one of the murderinos oh my god i haven't even talked about how they call their fans murderinos i feel like the names are this is just me personally and this is no shade to people who name their fan bases that's cool i just feel like it's a little bit odd me personally it gives cult you know but i think it's also a problem when you're murderinos from my understanding it came from like a song or something else that wasn't connected and then it just it kind from, of i think the the simpsons they said it was like ned flanders saying murderino oh okay see i just all my facts are all wrong but um... oh that's no it's okay sorry <laughs> no that's okay thank you for the the connection i just feel like it's uh it's distasteful it doesn't it and i feel like it's a bad a bad it's a bad look it's a bad name I also understand though like people searching for a sense of identity and belonging how they would just kind of cling on to it yeah um but I feel like it's irresponsible for the the leaders I say the leaders like it's really a cult um to just kind of endorse that yeah when I was looking through their merch there was like a bloody doormat that said murderino I was like all right we're really just it's not just it's not just the TP. Like the TP is amongst their most egregious offenses, but the like bloody doormat with Murderino. I'm like, guys, come on. Like, are we I guess we're just cashing in and not caring about people. <laughs> I feel uh, like once people get a, a little taste of being rich and they had no morals when they were broke, it just everything goes out the window. Everything is on the table. They could do whatever they want to make a couple extra bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, so it seems like, you know, we have a lot of examples of that. So one of them was someone gave Georgia this doll that is the same kind of doll that they, it's like a um, anatomically correct doll that police use to um, show children who've been essayed and they like, yeah, that that's part of their investigation. Yeah. The caption is, I miss, oh God, tr- content warning. I probably should just content warning put a should have put a content warning for this whole episode but you know it is it is what it is um said i'm a sick sick person when a lovely murderino named amanda presented me with one of these original anatomically correct show me on the doll where the bad man touched you doll i almost started crying with glee these are up there with the dare drug kits we've been gifted i love old awful things there are so many problems there there are so many problems there. I, first of all, why would you, I can't even say why would you even bring this because I understand why they would bring it, right? They want that exception, exception. They want that acceptance and that affection from their leader, right? So if she's encouraging people to bring her these inappropriate, creepy things, of course you're going to do it. But for her to be like, I was, I was filled with glee. Ma'am, are you okay? Like, seriously, are you okay? Yeah, because look to your left look to your right like someone has dealt with essay literally why are was there like no thought put into posting it or I guess it was just for the murderinos it's like if you if you know you know like why this is funny like this is just for us I don't know it's really it is really shocking like like we said once again we are scorpios we are the grimmest most dark sense of humor i feel like i get that out of my system a lot with um like i like horror movies and also like late at night the tiktok algorithm will get me and if they show me a certain true crime thing like i will end up watching all 48 parts or whatever like i'm really not trying to come down on people like you know my friend who was originally a fan of them she said like at the time she said like her her levels of anxiety really resonated like with their levels of anxiety and it kind of helped her like process her anxiety but they didn't start great and then they seemed to have like spiraled quickly (laughs) sharp fall from grace it went from like the entrance of hell to the bottom of hell real quick like there was no it was no gradual it was like oh this is bad it's about to get a lot a lot worse yeah paved by millions millions of dollars um 
and like so many fans at one point they were they peaked at the number three podcast like of all podcasts they were rivaled with joe rogan i mean i feel like it makes sense they're both awful for different reasons you know if anyone told me they listened to joe rogan or they listened to my favorite murder i think it would be a red flag and i'd be very scared of them so i understand why they were up there yeah and i was trying to think like you know in kind of the past I think it was a lot more common to have comedians who are famous for being like we just say whatever we just say anything that comes from our mind and we're here to shock people and I was like okay there still is a place for that comedy in a sense it's very very precarious and very few people I think do it right I was trying to think of any comedians who do it right I don't know none were coming to mind I don't know if you can think of any I think there's one on TikTok oh my gosh what's his name I think most of his stuff is pretty funny. Hold on. I'm going to see if I can find him because I think he's like the only one because I feel like the typical ones that people like, like Matt Reif, I think is his name, that little white boy. I don't think he's very funny. I think a lot of his jokes are really inappropriate. Nate Jackson. That's his name. I think he's, he does like crowd work. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And I think he's very funny. I think the jokes that he makes sometimes, you know, it's a little bit close to the line, um, but it's never too far. And I think he always like will reinteract with that crowd member just to make sure like they're feeling okay and they're not uncomfortable. And I do actually laugh at him, but the rest of the comedians where it's like things come to my mind and I just say it like that. Ashley, what's her name? Ashley Garvin. Oh yeah. I, she came under, was she the one who came under fire for crowd work? Yes. Because she's just telling people to trigger warning, telling people to kill themselves in the audience, like repeatedly and like screaming at them for it and being like, this is humor, this is comedy, this is funny. If you don't like it, get out. It's the same kind of vibe as this podcast, to be honest. Like it it's the same kind of vibe as like people being like, you can't say anything anymore. Like people don't let let you make jokes. (laughs) If your jokes are offensive and not funny, then yeah, you shouldn't say them. Like why would you torture me that way? Well, and that's that is the challenge with humor is a lot of it is based on pushing the pushing to the edges of controversy and playing with inappropriate versus appropriate like things you can say but that being said then like why are you putting that label on a true crime podcast to begin with like it was doomed it was doomed from the start but we only caught up I feel like as a society fully like this year well it seems like people a lot of fans have been falling off for the last couple years but now it's really being brought into relief well that said they're just fine and whenever i post about people do you get this too they're like leave them alone i'm like they don't know who i am they're too too wealthy i'm too insignificant it's fine they're fine (laughs) people say that and then i just don't answer and this is when i'm kind of like oh my god am i starting my own cult a little bit because then people who follow me will just go and be like what's wrong with you and like not attack them but be like you're stupid and i just sit there and i laugh like i giggle on the hee hee like i didn't have to do anything um but people do say that uh and i don't me personally if you don't want people to talk about what you do then don't do it publicly yeah just don't do it yeah the only the only cult I'm really like the only cult agenda I'm really trying to push is like the troll stroll lifestyle where you walk around looking really unapproachable um and get yourself a little treat um so (laughs) there's that but I think that's pretty (laughs) covers I love it everyone should be a part of that cult yeah also maximum sun protection and potentially an unhinged outfit that's and a pet if you want so that's unhinged outfit what do we mean by this well I mean like well it started with like me doing dog walks looking uh not to be like so like oh my god I'm quirky and different but like socks and sandals like my pjs with like the most holes in them just looking rough like you wouldn't want to run into someone you know looking like that lots of sun protection getting a little treat um and oh yeah and there's no minimum distances because it started because it started because the hot girl walk you're supposed to do like ten thousand steps troll stroll hey there's no minimums just do a little quick lap around the block and you're good (laughs) (laughs) a minimum of ten thousand steps sounds insane for someone who is just trying to actively get out of the house yeah i mean i think like i don't know i i I know that that some people aren't mentally ill i've heard that they exist i don't know (laughs) but like i think maybe it's for like them or i don't know (laughs) allegedly they're out there who are not mentally ill aren't actually like i need to go on a walk 
they just (laughs) go for a walk (laughs) yeah I mean I don't know like fitness whatever people need to do they but I think you're supposed to like pump yourself up also on the hawker walk you're supposed to listen like really motivating music like here with a troll stroll you're supposed to like you 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 want to keep that unapproachable face listen to whatever whatever will keep you in a dark (laughs) gloomy mood (laughs) So you're trying to convert everyone to the Scorpio lifestyle is what actually, it really is. <laughs> that's actually, you know what? Now that you say it, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that is probably underlying this agenda of my own little cult I'm trying to start. Uh, but other than that, no, there's no ulterior motives. <laughs> but anyhow, okay, so um, <laughs> pushing my my Scorpio agenda is true. Um, okay, <laughs> I mean we all do it in our own unique ways I guess anyhow I'm I'm getting myself way off topic I want to bring it back to this is so this is back to their um controversy so with my favorite murder this is probably their worst offense to date and it's really speaks volumes for a podcast that addresses victims of murder and atrocities so they have this uh, network called the exactly right network where they had all these other podcasts under it that was part of their syndication deal that they signed and one of them was a podcast called the murder squad billy jensen was the investigative journalist and former host of the podcast so he was accused by sa of multiple women and the podcast sub- subsequently came to an end and so the the girls are not responsible for his actions in that case but they were his boss because he was under their network and so not responsible for him but definitely responsible for their response which was essentially silence they basically posted like a very vague kind of like an end of an era style tweet and they never addressed why it was coming to an end they just said it's coming to an end they never address anything about their decision to let him go. Um, they didn't respond to media outlets reaching out for a comment. And to this day, they've never mentioned anything about Billy Jensen or what happened to Murder Squad. That's so inappropriate. And I think it also goes back to the disconnected from humanity aspect of it, because as a true crime podcast, where oftentimes a lot of the women who do who are murdered, they are essayed either earlier in their life or while they are being abducted before they get murdered or even after they get murdered you should be making a stance against that if you if you do claim like this is my anxieties and it's real life then you need to be addressing it when it happens in real life especially with people who you are in proximity to especially those who are working under you like you said it's they can't control what he did they're not responsible for what he did but the response is on them and the lack of response is telling. It also shows that they care more about their bag than anything because by addressing it, it could have messed with their public perception, not with the audience because whatever, they don't really care about the audience. They care about where their money's coming from, their sponsors. So if they openly admitted to that or like took a stand against that, it might not look super good for them in that area. So their silence was probably the best thing for them to keep their money coming in. Yeah. Yeah, I guess not call attention to it, except for the few people who just get offended by anything they do. So I feel like people in that mindset are like, well, I can't get anything right. People, damned if I do, damned if I don't, you know? Mm -hmm. So they just do whatever they want when it's like, this is, it's a serious thing. And I think it's also, this is just me personally. I feel like it's very possible that the information about him could have already been out there and they might have just ignored it because it seems very on brand for them to just do what they want. Because I I don't feel like just all of a sudden, you know, these allegations are coming out and people are like, oh, get rid of him. It, it just doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like there's always, you have to, not you have to know, but I wouldn't put it past them to not do a thorough investigation or like, a background check or any of those things before bringing him on just because they figured he'd be popular yeah if you spend your whole life covering murders wouldn't you at least be paranoid enough that you would look into the background of people that you're hiring for your company apparently not which is not (laughs) surprising from a podcast named my favorite murder yeah 
uh yeah it's like yeah I keep coming back to you talking about like them losing track of humanity or I don't know maybe it was never a big concern when I was reading up on why people are fans who are like well they've been through trauma you know this person was an alcoholic whatever it's like this is this is why my big campaign for 2023 is to not let anyone's mental illness excuse their behavior because it's like this person had this mental condition I'm like well none of it none of it is murder and none of it is them dealing with anything that these victims have had to deal with so it's unrelated like who cares everyone's been through something it does not matter and it literally doesn't matter to them I'm I'm curious to see what's going to what's going to happen to them in the end I honestly don't know because I feel like these things go in cycles and especially now with the the writer's strike and the actor's strike I feel like this is probably going to have a little bit more longevity than they wanted it to because no one really has anything else to talk about like there's this creator I follow um crushes and spice Imani and yeah, she I talks love, about how love, there's like love her. there's a vacuum right and you don't want to be a part of that vacuum of content and discourse that's going on and that's where my favorite murder is right now like I've seen four different creators who are fairly I want to say small like on the smaller side like between 10 and 20,000 followers on TikTok and their videos about my favorite murder are just blowing up so now people see what's trending and they're like, oh, well, I'm going to do my research and I'm going to start talking about it too. And everybody's going to keep doing that. So for, I, per, this might sound really evil. I hope that it never leaves the mind of the true crime fans. I hope that people always remember uh, what they've done and the harm that they've caused and how they don't care about you. They care about yeah. their money. They don't care about the victims. Yeah. That's not evil. That's just like asking for accountability, which never truly seems to happen and when i say like i don't think their podcast is gonna get canceled i think when you're so popular like hundreds of millions of downloads a month even if your listenership gets cut in half you're still one of the most popular podcasts in the world so they'll be just fine but yeah the writer strike the worst was the worst thing to happen to them to colleen <laughs> to a lot of these folks that people were like i have time i don't have my favorite show so i can go dig into the youtube archives yeah luckily for me reality tv is my thing the only show i'm sad about missing is abbott elementary but it's fine it's fine i mean i'm even more secure because i've I've watched old reality so i'm like (laughs) i'm okay i'm literally about to jump back and like start recapping jersey shore from season one on because i Wait, I, I wait. I have I have a vintage Jersey Shore episode, and I want to go back and recap more. So, if you ever want to come back on and do Jersey Shore, like please, by all means, we can like. Oh my God, yes, yes, please. I feel like your fans are gonna be like, "Why is she back?" <laughs> are you kidding? What do you What do you mean? <laughs> <They'll be> like, <laughs> I'm like I'm like guilting you on air, like putting you on the spot. Like, no pressure, but if you want to give us an answer right now, whether you're back or not. <laughs> I'd love to. I actually would love to because I love. This is the thing. My family was weird, super Christian, so off so off topic right now. We were not allowed to watch SpongeBob, but I was allowed to watch Jersey Shore with my uncle. I I don't know why. I don't know why. It made no sense. So I loved it though. I loved it. And I didn't understand what was going on. And now that I go back and watch it, I'm like, wow, this is kind of it's entertaining, but it's horrible. Yeah. And the way that even the cast members were treated, like they weren't allowed phones, they weren't allowed TV. Sometimes they wouldn't really be given food for hours, but they always had a fridge full of alcohol. Oh, yeah. What? They were barely paid for their first season. I think they were just paid. No, they were paid just the wages that they made at the shore store. Which is insane. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have to get you back. Say we like the Royal We, like I'm part of the, what was their network? The entirely right entirely right network isn't that an interesting name too though we didn't even talk about that why would you pick that name well apparently that's like something they say a lot on the podcast Mm -hmm. um it's fitting it's all fitting like it's all very consistent and a lot of these some of these things isolated are kind of eh, not too big of a deal like calling your network exactly right or 
even well the name of my favorite murder not not good but it all is just really in line with what their character seems to be which is like they don't care at all at all it's like they told on themselves though and now people are like oh my god <gasps> shocking and they're like sorry i can't help them so funny sorry guys and like so humor. Rich. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, sorry you guys don't don't like our merch. Like, fine. Here's <laughs> like the donation is probably less than what they made like off of that specific item of merch, given their well, popularity. And they, I think they kept it up after yes. they apologized. So I literally in my mind, I was like, I feel like they just took the money that they got off that merch and just donated that. And everyone was like, Yay, thank you, white ladies, and we move on. <laughs> They're like <laughs> racism solved missing and murder indigenous women solved what's next yeah what's next well we all need a good laugh so luckily we're here at our favorite comedy true crime podcast i just i want to know what the thought process was behind doing that because i don't i have not seen anybody else do that i think the person who comes closest to doing that is kind of bailey sarian and i don't even i have issues with her content as well because i a lot of the jokes I think she makes are inappropriate but even she I I don't think she goes as far as these women did yeah I don't know but it's in line it's part of the genre of like to 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 their audience I think it seems like they feel the same way and they're like finally someone's saying it out loud you know so that's scary yeah yeah it is it is and it's hard when we're so saturated with news because we can all get desensitized to a lot of it but it's not like something that most of us are trying to encourage in ourselves anyway this was such a great discussion i'm so glad that you came on to talk about it i have been i've been wanting to cover this topic for a while and this podcast my favorite murder is the best example of the best of the worst like the best way to highlight just the problems with this genre as a whole um but there's many gems in this genre and one of them is your podcast and I would love for you to plug it yeah so my podcast girl you haven't heard um I started it in 2021 you can find it on any streaming platform Apple Podcasts, Spotify you can just search girl you haven't heard it'll come right up I have a bunch of episodes so you could binge listen if you really want to um like I said alternate between true crime and black Canadian history but the true crime episodes have a different feel than the Black Canadian history. I feel like the Black Canadian history, there's a little bit more of the the jokes. True crime, not so many jokes. Um, but in most of the episodes, there will be ways that you can support the families, how you can get in contact with them, how you can interact with them. Um, and yeah, they're also on YouTube, The a lot of the episodes, but more so on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and basically all of them. They're there. And if you, I feel like the people who listen to the podcast and don't give it five stars, I just feel like you're really miserable. So listen to my podcast and also continue listening to Emily's podcast and give it five stars or just don't give it anything because that's really rude and we will cry. Yeah, I will weep openly. And yeah, and I like to put email curses on people who don't give five stars, like especially give like one and two stars, like um, you're now cursed to like a passive aggressive like email that you meant to send to like your work bestie will get sent to like the wrong person. Um, Like I like, you know, I don't want to get too serious, but I think that's like something that people can understand is not good that that might happen to you if you give this one or two stars this may like for me like you give it one or two stars the person who you love the most in life will just never speak to you again one day they will just remove themselves from your life yeah and they won't say anything to you let's up the ante exactly (laughs) (laughs) don't yeah don't test us um okay well thank you so much and this is this is lovely yeah it was great to be here thank you so much for having me this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network sonar if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.